Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hello, everyone. It's Friday, October 2nd. The Jets are 0-4, and, and Adam Gase is still the head coach. Welcome into the Can't Wait Podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Connor Hughes and Marissa Morris, our producer. Connor, first with the story that Gase will be back for the rest of this season, at least. Probably not in 2021, but we will get to that. We'll talk about why he's coming back. We'll talk about the game a little bit, and we'll hear from you as well. Thanks for joining us on YouTube if you are live, and thanks for checking us out on the podcast, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. If you're on Apple, give us a five-star review. Love to see those as well. Connor, you suffered through another one last night, live at MetLife Stadium. How you doing? Uh, covering the team, I don't know, but I'm, I'm feeling myself a little bit today. I mean, <laughs> I, I woke up early. I got a fresh cut. I got the fresh, I'm doing a um, uh, CBS, Steve Overmeyer, a, a good buddy of mine. I'm doing the uh, Jets late night show on CBS on uh, Sunday. I'm actually co-hosting it for the first time. So I was like, I got to get myself looking fine. So I, I shaved a little bit, cleaned <laughs> up the uh, the scruff that I can get. I, I got a, I got a fresh cut here. Nice little fade from my guy over at uh, at Friel's. And then how about this? This new flannel coming in the mail from uh, from from J. Crew. I didn't even know what J. Crew was a little bit ago. I forget how I found them. I think I was looking for like new T-shirts that fit right and, and uh, J. Crew popped up so i decided to give them a shot they have sales going picked up this flannel another one it's like nice it fits good looks good got the got the guns popping i don't know the jets jets might be uh in some in some trouble here but but i can tell you i'm 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 feeling myself right now feeling feeling good feeling New good threads. like i should i was i'm up early and, and well feeling he's happy. feeling good because on thursdays the game time can only be eight o'clock so he got that one right and he was at home so he couldn't forget his pants <laughs> So, like, this was, like, an easy week for Connor. Wow. Early in the morning, uh, Marissa's bringing it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's geared up and ready to go. You see, uh, our boy Bo had quite the uh, the clap back at me on on Twitter. I was like, you know what? I can't even – I don't have any wit. I don't have any sarcasm to come back from that one. That was just all Bo. We made some – I forget what I – I forget exactly what I said. I was like, man, the Jets are playing bad. And he comes like, hey, he goes, they look a little unprepared, almost like not bringing your pants to a road game. I was like, <laughs> God damn it, Bo. I was like, oh, that's a good one. I was like, oh, you got uh, you got that one. There you got that one. You got me there. So we're ready to go. And Connor, you another reason to pat yourself on the back. You were first with the story that Gase will remain with the Jets, likely through the rest of the season. Um, so I guess let's start there. Why? Why are the Jets hanging on Adam Gase? Earlier in the week, we talked about the fact that if they played really poorly on Thursday night, there was a good chance he would be gone. Um, you learned over the time between that podcast and the game that that was probably not going to be the case, and and now he's staying on. I would say comfortably at least to the bye week and probably through the rest of the season. But but explain why. Yeah, so I, I mean, this was something that, that I mean, look, you're you, you you make calls to people, you you talk to people, you you formulate, you can have your opinion, right? And and that's the the difference between 
I think what what is lost a lot in translation on on social media, on Twitter, on uh, on on everything like that is that you know it's it's one thing to have your opinion, but when you're a reporter, you also have to you have to give your facts, not just your opinion. And a lot of like when you write columns and when you write uh, when you write stories, when you like that's a lot of that is that right. But but it's also your facts, and 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 you can kind of. If you can try for for the Jet fan here to remove what I think should happen from kind of explaining where the Jets are and what the Jets are thinking about, um, I think that that is the the easiest way to go about this. And in the Jets, the Jets' opinion, kind of the way that they view this thing, is that there really isn't a secession plan if they are to fire out of games right now. Is that they are still in the business of trying to win football games. They are still in the business of trying to field the most competitive team that they have they don't really have a plan B that I think they feel overly confident in. I know they've had some discussions. I know they've talked about, you know, is, is it maybe time to move off from Adam Gase, but like what it, it comes down to, and it's a myriad of things that we're going to get into, but, but among them is you can have Greg Williams take over as the interim head coach, right? That's, that's what the, the large portion of this fan base sees. That's what a lot of people, myself included, connected those dots as far as look what Greg Williams did when he was the Browns interim head coach. Greg Williams has been a head coach before He's gonna have the ability to to do that. Like he has that that ability to to kind of be the the interim head coach and, and find some some performance success. Last night kind of hammered home what we've seen all throughout this year, which is that the Jets defense is as much of an issue as their offense. We can talk about this more extensively later in the show, but but the Jets the Jets defense is a problem. I mean, they can't tackle cover. Or, or they can't tackle cover or get to the quarterback, and now they're playing ridiculously undisciplined football. I mean, it was six personal foul penalties they had. I mean, at times, they they had 10 points handed to, to the Broncos just from Quentin Williams with a field goal and a touchdown by him getting them off the field or giving them free first downs on third down. I mean, the defense is as much of a disaster as the Jets' offense is, and if that's the case, the Jets' defense is as much of an issue as the Jets' offense, how can you say, okay, Greg Williams is now our interim head coach and expect it to get better? Secondly, it's it's who's going to call the offensive plays, right? Dowell Loggins. Dowell Loggins is really a poor man's Adam Gase. I mean, he's he's Gase's right-hand man. He's I know he's offensive coordinator, but he's actually the quarterback's coach. Are you going to give it to Jim Bob Cooter? Jim Bob Cooter was was the, the offensive coordinator in, in Detroit. He gets fired, and the best job that he can piece together and find after being an offensive coordinator for the Lions and putting up some good numbers with Matt Stafford is running back's coach for the Jets. Like, that's the best he can have. So the, the Jets are still in this thing to try to win games. The Jets still want to win games. The Jets are, it's it's hard to imagine they are a better team. And as, as crazy as it sounds, and look, I, I'm not defending Adam Gase because Adam Gase deserves a large portion of the criticism for the state that the Jets are in. He has been bad. His offense has been bad. That play-action rollout that he ran on the two-point conversion, I mean, the world saw that coming. The wheel route to Frank Gore I mean, that's the first time we've seen a wheel route to Frank Gore since he was playing for the Niners during the Lincoln administration. Oh. So it's like like the things that Adam Gase is doing do not make sense. Adam Gase is, is with the way that this is going right now, Adam Gase is not going to be this team's head coach in 2021. So I'm not trying to defend Adam Gase. Again, I'm just trying to explain where the Jets are standing. If they were to let Adam Gase go, yes, it would appease this fan base. Yes, it would make this fan base happy, but it would not make the Jets any better. Like, that is something that this team is taking into consideration, is that are the Jets better without Adam Gase than they are with? And the answer is no, because 
Dowell Loggins or Jim Bob Cooter are not going to be better at calling offense. Adam Gase is not good at calling offense, but it's a legitimate step back before you get to Dowell Loggins and Jim Bob Cooter. Defend the who's going to be your interim head coach. Is this team really going to take Greg Williams seriously? I mean, the guy's a screaming, yelling character kind of thing, but like eventually that falls on deaf ears and, and they're not going to take this guy seriously. The big thing to take into consideration here too is Sam Darnold, right? Like that is the big thing that the, the Jets realized. Like the Jets went into this season hoping they were gonna they were gonna maybe win seven, eight games at the best case scenario. Everything was gonna come together. And if that happened, they might be able to to backdoor their waves and the backdoor their way into the playoffs with like that number three wildcard spot. Like that's what the Jets thought they could do. They were not expecting Super Bowl. They weren't expecting divisional title. They realized they're still a couple of years away. The top priority for this offseason or the top priority for this team this season, though, was finishing 2020 with a concrete evaluation of Sam Darnold, that that they weren't going to end this year not knowing what he was. They were going to know, is this guy a franchise quarterback? Is this guy a good quarterback? Is this guy someone we have to put a ton of pieces around for him to be good? Is this a guy who can elevate the play of those around him? That's what they needed to know. They needed to have a concrete evaluation of Darnold at the end of the year. The Jets are in a, if the season ended today, the Jets are screwed because they have no idea what they have in Sam Darnold. They don't know if he's a franchise quarterback. They don't know if he's the guy that can elevate the plays around him. They don't know what kind of player he is. And they don't know what kind of player he is because they've honestly failed in evaluating him. Because you can say, is Sam Darnold struggling right now because of Sam Darnold? That's a possibility. Is Sam Darnold struggling right now because of Adam Gase? That's a possibility. Is Sam Darnold struggling right now because of the lack of playmakers around him? That's a possibility. They're all variables that play to, the, play to this hand. And add to the fact that the Jets can't get this concrete evaluation of Sam Darnold, right? Like, that that's what the Jets are dealing with right now. If they are to fire Adam Gase, it adds another variable to the equation. At least by keeping Adam Gase, and this is probably the biggest reason why Adam Gase is, is not going anywhere. If they are to fire Adam Gase right now, they're put in a position where you're just adding another variable for Sam Darnold. You're just adding another thing you can say, well, maybe this is why he's struggling. Because now he's going to have... Dowell Loggins in his ear, who's basically going to be calling Adam Gase's same offense, but with a different voice when Gase is, there's a reason why Dowell is Gase's right-hand man and it's not the other way around. Like you're just literally downgrading Gase and that's what you get with Dowell Loggins. If you were to hand the the offense over to Jim Bob Cooter, the offense that Jim Bob Cooter ran in in Detroit is not what Adam Gase is running. So now are you going to teach Sam Darnold a brand new offense in week four? Are you going to put an entirely, like it's going to now take an acclimation period as Darnold gets used to listening to plays called by Jim Bob Cooter compared to Adam Gase and or Dowell Loggins. So they're just adding another variable. And the Jets realize that they need to know what they have in Sam Darnold by the end of the year. If they fire Adam Gase, that's just going to add another variable and delay this whole thing where they're still now definitely not going to know because you're going to say, okay, well, now is he not struggling because Sam's bad? Is he not struggling because of coaching? Is he not struggling because we changed the the offensive play calling? Is he not struggling because of the playmakers? Is he not struggling because of the injuries? Like, like there's all of these things now where it's just another variable that the Jets don't want to have to deal with. And they believe that it will, they believe that firing Adam Gase will be detrimental to Sam Darnold. And I'm not saying Adam Gase is this world beater and, and getting so much out of Sam Darnold, because again, we'll talk about this too. Sam did not look great. He had a couple highlight plays, but he did not look great against the uh, the Broncos last night. Like, it's just adding more to it. And then finally, there is this pre this is there is this notion from from uh from from pretty much a past regime with Woody Johnson and all these other things that that the that the Jets have a quick trigger finger. That if you that if you um work for this team and you don't get those immediate results, 
they're going to fire you. And and you need to basically take over and have an immediate impact or you're going to get fired. Like that's kind of the notion that the Jets have because of Woody Johnson. Christopher Johnson's not Woody Johnson. Christopher Johnson is in no way, shape, or form his brother. Like that is just, it's not the case. He is not his brother. And he's doing what he can to beat that perception that's around this team and erase that perception around this team. And, and there, I'm sure there is some form of a concern from everyone around the league that is looking at the Jets and looking at the Jets roster and realizing this team is not anywhere close to a playoff contender. They look at this roster and realize it is one of the worst in the NFL. And they look at this roster and they look at the current state of the team. And then there are going to be coaching candidates that say, Adam Gase got 20 games with that roster, finished 7-9 in year one. Then with that roster, got off to an 0-4 start, playing three teams that are potentially going to be in the playoffs two teams that could potentially be competing for to play in the, the championship game of their respective conferences and the Bills and the 49ers. One of them could be a Super Bowl contender. He lost four games, three of those to those type of teams, and the team fired him after a 7-9 finish? I'm not going there. And, like, that's a legit concern. Because, look, the Jets are not buying in to Adam Gase for 2021. What the Jets are doing is they're buying in to Adam Gase for, in their opinion, the rest of the season. They have no plans to fire him right now. I, I can tell you that per, per team sources. They they have no intention of firing Adam Gase this year. Part of that has to do with, not because they're guaranteeing him 2021, not because they're necessarily saying, we we believe you can turn this around and, and get us to 12-4 and four and get us to the playoffs, but because they don't want the next coach that they hire to look at this situation and say, you know what, I'm a top-tier coaching candidate. I've got my choice. I kind of like the Jets. I like the fact they have cap space. I like Joe Douglas. I like that I can potentially pick the quarterback with Trevor Lawrence. But you know what? Is it worth it? Because if I don't win in 20 games, I'm going to be out. So like, there's there's a lot of parts to this. It's that there's no secession plan. It is the vast majority of it is around Sam Darnold and the fact that the Jets don't want to add another variable to slow their evaluation of him. And then it's also the fact that they don't want to have this, this notion that they are one of the, the teams that just constantly fires coaches at, at the drop of a hat because they don't get the immediate results. They just don't want that. Although I guess the the argument on the other side of just that point would be that the next head coach will be Joe Douglas's guy, right? Like yeah. that's, you know, there won't be as quick a trigger because you're the guy that, that was picked partially by Joe Douglas to come in and lead this team. Uh, at, it totally makes sense, not, you know, with, with Darnold's uh, development. But, man, you think of Matthew Stafford and the Lions offense and the attack that they ran there for years, throwing the ball downfield. And if I'm a Jets fan, I'm like, you know what? I, I'd, I'd love to see Sam Calvin Darnold Johnson, in that attack where you're actually throwing the ball. Kenny Johnson, Marvin yeah. Jones, they're they're not out there, man. They don't they don't even no. have job at best on this team. Like, they like you don't – that – that and that's a name, huh? You like that name drop, Javid Best? Was, I remember that yeah. dude. I used to, I used to wreck, wreck games with him in Madden. I love Javid Best. He had like that. What was it? I think concussions ended his career. He had like a, he had a couple nasty concussions in college, and he had another one. I think with the Lions on a, on like a, he like got flipped upside down. I think like it was an ugly play. If I think in the end zone, I think he ran like to the left side of the end zone. I don't know why I remember that, but I think he he got that was kind of what ended his career. I think, um, but no, like, like you're right. Look, and and that's that like that's what I'm trying to like explain here too is like. Everyone realizes, and there are people within the Jets building who realize it's not working with Adam Gase. There is a very real chance, like it it is, I would say it's 99.9% that Adam Gase is not the Jets head coach in 2021. Like I, I, that's, it's not going to happen. The concern with the Jets right now though, and where you kind of have to separate 
Jet fans who have it in the, like the fandom of just wanting Adam Gase fired and look at this from like, okay, what is firing Adam Gase really going to accomplish? And after the Jets fire Adam Gase, what do they do next, right? Because if you fire Adam Gase, who's the interim head coach? It's going to be Greg Williams. Greg Williams' defense is a disaster this year. If you fire Adam Gase, you still need to get an evaluation of Sam Darnold to figure out if you should be considering drafting Trevor Lawrence number one overall next year or number two overall or moving up to get Trevor Lawrence. You would just be putting another variable of a reason why you don't know what kind of player Sam Darnold is. Because now it's, like I said, it's an offensive line. Is it Sam? Is it the receivers? Is it Adam Gase? Is it is it Sam himself? You don't know and you're not going to know. And then you also add in the fact that the Jets don't want to start losing coaching candidates who look at this team, say same old Jets, look at this roster, realize it gets two or three years away and saying, you know what? I'm not going to take this job because one, I don't, even if I can pick my own quarterback, even if I've got the cap space, even if I like Joe Douglas, I don't want to run the risk that I have to win with this roster within the next year, year and a half, or I'm going to get fired. Like that's just not what it's, it's a, Again, it's just, it's just not what the team's willing to do. So it's it's a uh, again. I know that firing Gase would appease the fan base. I know I know Gase honestly probably deserves to get fired. He does deserve to get fired. I'll be honest. Like he, the Jets just lost to a third string quarterback, making the first start of his career for a team that is as injury decimated as they are, and they lost by two possessions. Like this team again, it was pathetic. Like it like it, I I just I can't get over what I saw from the offense. It was steps in the right direction. They did move the ball. Like that was a positive, but like. Still, there's so many questionable calls that Gase made where it's like, he's just not getting it, and he's still just not getting it. But the next option is worse. Like, it's bad right now. It's not good right now. The Jets are kind of improving. They should get better once these guys get healthy. But still, I'm not trying to, to, to say that this is good or that Gase deserves his job or anything like that. What I'm trying to explain is that the next option when you really look at this and when if if the if the jet fan can can just forget his his hatred his venomous hatred for Adam Gase for just 2 seconds and look at what the jets would look like without Adam Gase for the remainder of this season compared to what they look like right now they would be worse off they would be worse they're not they're not again they're not in a good position right now but they would be worse than they are right now if they were to fire Adam Gase and that's why the jets are not making a move it's for Sam it's for the future, and it's for the fact they're not going to be better off this year because of it. And that's why they plan. I can tell you right now, the plan right now is for Gase to coach the rest of the season and that it is going to take something extremely dramatic for that to change. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, you mentioned Trevor Lawrence, Connor. Um, and maybe Jets fans, now's the time to start tuning into Prospects to Pros, one of our great podcasts here at The Athletic with with Dane Brugler and Lance Zerline. Um, They actually tackled this topic this week as well with the Jets at that time off to an 0-3 start. The question was raised, if they end up with the number one pick, is Trevor Lawrence going to be the guy? And this is what Dane and Lance had to say about that possibility. 
when you look at Trevor Lawrence, you look at the character, you know, just the way he handles himself, the way he carries himself. Uh, if uh, the Jets end up with the number one overall pick, you could take it to the bank. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to be a Jet next year. You agree? Disagree? Yeah, I would. I would agree. And then, and then I would also say you get some draft picks by moving Sam Darnold. You actually could surround him with another a plug-in offensive lineman there, and maybe a wide receiver uh, with your draft picks you would get from dealing Sam Darnold. So that discussion brings up two points here, right? Trevor Lawrence and then what Joe Douglas's next task will be if it, if this pans out, Connor, if they have the number one pick and Trevor Lawrence is the guy, um, then you got to do something with Sam Darnold. And then Joe Douglas has that. He, that makes this season important too, right? Because if you do decide that you're going to trade Sam Darnold, you want him to have as much value as possible when it comes to trading him, which means he needs to look a heck of a lot better than he has in these first four weeks. So you basically have 12 weeks here to prove to the rest of the league, possibly, that Sam Darnold, while it didn't work out in New York because there's a possibility for Trevor Lawrence, he could still be the right guy for your team. So so give us some picks for him. I mean, it's it's kind of a complicated dance, and that's why Joe Douglas is getting the big bucks. Well, Sam, Sam Darnold's always going to have value because there are going to be those around the league that, that still view him as, as the first-round pick that still had a high grade on him coming out of USC. There are going to be those around the league that look at Sam Darnold and see the flash plays that he makes. You know, those those Ryan Fitzpatrick-like plays with the Ryan Fitzpatrick-like uh, inconsistencies. They're going to see those two things and say, like, if we can iron out the inconsistencies, he can be a hell of a player and just just bring up, like, those, those like, big strengths. Like, the, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to get him going. And there is also going to be a large portion of, of people around the league that look at this and say, no, the Jets effed him up. It wasn't, it wasn't Sam. <laughs> like, gonna, no yeah, quarterback could have had success there. And... Look, the Jets aren't going to get a first-round pick for Sam. No. They're not going to get, like, they might get a two, but I think probably more, like, maybe a two. I got to make some calls about that and ask what, what the Jets, I'm going to actually, yeah, I'm teasing another story, but that, that's going to make some calls to kind of figure that out. But, like, Sam will always have value because, like I said, he's still on his rookie deal. Still, people are going to have a high grade on him from USC. They're going to look at what the Jets did to him. They're going to look at all these other variables and say, like, we believe that our coaching can make him better than what he is. The story that's going to be coming on the Athletic on Monday is is basically analyzing this entire thing. Is is breaking down Sam Darnold, Trevor Lawrence, and if this season keeps going this way and the Jets have the number one or number two pick in the draft, what are the Jets going to do and should they draft Trevor Lawrence? And and when I was talking to my editor Chris Strauss about it, like he was talking about like, well, he goes just you know bouncing ideas off of like what way could this story go? Could it go this way? Could it go that way? Like what what could we potentially do with this story? And he said, well, well, what if we also lead it, led into the story with, well, what can Sam Darnold do to make the Jets? And this kind of goes to what you were just saying, Tim, is, is what can Sam Darnold do for the Jets that makes that convinces them not to take Trevor Lawrence? And I was I kind of basically said it. And what I'll say now is like, I don't believe that those two things are related. Right. Because in order for Sam Darnold to prove to the Jets that they don't need Trevor Lawrence and that he's the franchise quarterback and he should be the guy. He's going to play well enough in these games where the Jets are going to steal three or four of these games. They might sweep the Dolphins. They might beat the Bills. They might take down the Chargers. They could steal one from one of these other teams that look at the Jets as a trap game. If the Jets get to four or five wins, they're not going to be in a position to draft Trevor Lawrence anyway. And they won't be in a position to draft Trevor Lawrence anyway because Sam Darnold plays well. If the Jets are in a position to draft Trevor Lawrence, that means they finished 0-16, 1-15, or 2-14. Like, that's what the Jets' record will be if they are in a position to draft Trevor Lawrence. 
There is no quarterback that I can remember in his third year, no matter what talent he was surrounded with, that went 0-16, 1-15, 2-14, and then suddenly magically turned it on to be a franchise quarterback. I know you have Aikman, but Aikman did it in year one. I know you have Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning did it in year one. Sam Darnold is in year three and making the mistakes that he made his rookie and second year. So I don't see them as correlated. I don't see them as what can Sam Darnold do to convince the Jets not to take Trevor Lawrence because if the Jets are in a position to draft Trevor Lawrence, that means Sam Darnold didn't do it. So in order for the Jets to not draft Trevor Lawrence, it will not be because Trevor Lawrence is there and they pass on him. It will be because Sam Darnold did enough this season to take the Jets out of the running for Trevor Lawrence. Now, we're going to put that equation out of the picture because when you look at this Jets schedule, and I got to see, I, I've tweeted it a couple times, but when you look at this Jets schedule the rest of the way, versus Cardinals, at Chargers, versus Bills, at Chiefs, versus Patriots, at Dolphins, bye week, versus Dolphins, versus Raiders, at Seahawks, at Rams, versus Browns, versus Patriots. The two Dolphins games are potentially winnable, but with what we've seen from the Dolphins the last, this season, I should say, they would beat the Jets by three scores. The Browns, maybe. The Browns aren't that great of a team. They would beat the Jets by three scores. Uh, maybe the Chargers, with the rookie quarterback, um, Justin Herbert, but that team looks significantly better than the Jets right now. So the Jets aren't going to go winless, I don't think. Uh, but I don't see more than one or two wins on the rest of this schedule. And and that's with the current state of the roster. That's including if everyone comes back, because there's a lot of really good teams in this schedule. If the Jets are picking number one, if they're picking number two and the team that's picking number one is going to go with, you know, Jamar Chase, the receiver, and or a pass rusher, something like or an offensive lineman, and, and the quarterback falls to the Jets. I think what the Jets are going to have to realize is that they're going into next season without a final evaluation of Sam Darnold. They will be going into next season with a lot of thoughts. Like, if we surround Sam Darnold with this, if we get Sam Darnold this coach, Sam Darnold might be a franchise quarterback. That's what they will be saying. They will also be looking at Trevor Lawrence in the draft and saying this guy's potential what this guy can do, his arm strength, his accuracy, his mobility, his durability, his way he can read defenses, the way that his progressions are, are there in college. You look at the quarterbacks that have come out of Clemson. I mean, it's Deshaun. It's it, it's You have like, there's a, a nice little quarterback factory over there in, in Clemson where, where good guys are coming out of there. You can look at that and say, I think that guy's going to be a franchise quarterback once he gets here. You will basically have two situations where you are gambling on either Darnold's a franchise quarterback or Trevor Lawrence is a franchise quarterback. They're both gambles. Neither is a certainty. Like I know can't miss prospect, yada, yada. I wish I had a dollar for every can't miss prospect in the NFL that turned out not to be it because I would be have so many more shares in DraftKings than I have right now, which we'll talk about later, but I'm on a rocket ship to the moon with my DraftKings stock. Now, what I would say with Darnold is that, or what I would say with this Darnold-Lawrence debate that Joe Douglas will have to have is this. The Jets roster is likely still two or three years away from from competing. Like that, that's the, you can see that now. Like they still need to address the offensive line. Alex Lewis, like there is maybe okay, but you're probably still going to need two new guards. You're going to maybe need a new right tackle, center. Becton's probably the one piece where you're like that guy's good. Defense, you need a pass rusher. You need corners. You need safeties. You need like you need everything there too. You obviously need receivers. And with the way Chris Herndon's disappeared this year, you might need a tight end too. So. This roster is not close, right? Like, this roster is not close to competing. You're going to have to pay Sam Darnold after year four 
without a doubt after year five. So you've got like two years left of his rookie deal before you're going to have to make a decision on paying him. In my opinion, at that point, if the Jets are 0 and 16, 1 and 15, 2 and 14 in a position to draft Trevor Lawrence, and you don't know what you have in Sam, and you'd be taking a risk on keeping him as your franchise quarterback, and you're, you're looking at Trevor Lawrence and you're taking a risk on him. If Joe Douglas has a higher grade on Trevor Lawrence than what he had on Sam Donald when he came out, if he has a higher grade on Trevor Lawrence than what he has on Sam Donald right now, I think that you have to draft Trevor Lawrence because while you don't know what Trevor Lawrence is, you also don't know what Sam Darnold is, but with the current state of the Jets roster still probably being two, three, maybe even four years away from being a legitimate divisional contender, you get Trevor Lawrence on his rookie contract where you don't have to have that conversation of we have to pay Sam in two years. You basically reset the clock and you're now going to have Trevor Lawrence on that rookie contract for four or five years when with Sam, you kind of got to pay him after one. Maybe you can stretch it to two. Like that, I think, is the main discussion that the Jets are going to have. And, and like Dane said, who is, who is one of the best uh, college football analysts in terms of scouting that I've ever I've ever heard. I love talking to the guy. He is such a resource. I love, I love him to death. What he implied there with where the Jets can then flip Sam for picks, I think that works themselves out better. Because you'll be able to get an extra three, potentially a two from a team that really, really likes Darnold. You can then get... Lawrence, you have the other first round pick from the Seahawks. You've got a bunch of second rounders. You got your third rounders. You got a guy in Joe Douglas that you truly believe as a draft guru. You can really start this rebuild. And and it's it's disappointing because when the Jets drafted Sam Donald, I was there, man. Like you felt this rush of energy around this team. You know, they got their guy. They got the next Joe Namath. They got their franchise quarterback. But if you're in a position here with Sam Donald after year three, and the Jets have failed him because they failed him in surrounding him with talent. They failed in giving him a legitimate head coach. They failed him in so many different ways like they did. The Jets failed Sam Darnold. But I think maybe one of the best things they could do for Sam Darnold is send him somewhere else and for the Jets, for them, restart it. I think that's one of those things where, again, if the J- if the Jets are 4-12, and 5-11, this is, this is a moot point. This doesn't matter. But if the Jets are 1-15, and 15, if the Jets are 2-14, and 14, I think the best thing for this team would be to move Darnold and get picks and send him to a different team and let him start anew. And for the Jets, you go full into this rebuild with Trevor Lawrence and a brand new quarterback and, and somebody that you believe has a hell of a ceiling. And then who knows what you look like in two or three years, but you'd have more picks, a quarterback still in his rookie deal, and you can rock and roll. Here's a fun scenario for you come draft time. Imagine if this happened. Imagine, because you look at the teams that are currently, I mean, things can change. Uh, A team that has a win now could go on an awful run. But the teams that are winless in the NFL right now, the Falcons aren't a terrible team. They've just blown leads throughout the season. It's just been, they've been more embarrassing than anything with the way they've, they've handled games. The Vikings are not as bad a football team as as the Jets, clearly. Um, the Texans have talent on that roster. You would think they're going to get rolling here. Their All schedule's been tough. All these teams to beat the Jets by 20. Right, their All schedule's been tough. But the one team that's fascinating, right, is, is the Giants. So what happens? Can you imagine if the Giants end up with the number one pick, the Jets have the number two pick, and the Giants are sitting there with Daniel Jones and Trevor Lawrence, and the Jets are sitting there praying that the Giants decide that Daniel Jones is their guy. And he has, you know, through through a one season and a few games here, he has looked better than Sam Darnold, to be honest. Um, but the Jets are then hoping that their crosstown rivals are happy enough with their quarterback that Trevor Lawrence would fall to number yeah. two. That would be fascinating. 
Oh, it would be fun to watch. And <laughs> and I think that with uh, – the one thing with the Giants is that they do play in, in the same division as Washington. They play in the same division as Philly. So, like, right. they, they kind of got some games where even in their current state they might be able to steal one. I mean, Wa- I mean Philly looks atrocious this year. Washington is – is I mean, they're they're bad. Like, they are they got inflated by beating the Eagles in that opener, but they're a really bad football team. Like, the Giants have some, some – they have four games there where they can potentially win. The Jets, meanwhile, have like two. So that that's kind of the, where I, I still think the Jets are, are going to finish worse. But the one other point I, I forgot to actually make with the whole Trevor Lawrence, uh, Darnold comparison is that like Christopher Johnson wants to do this right. Joe Douglas wants to do this right. So if the Jets are 0 and 15 or 0 and 16, 1 and 15, they're picking, you know, number one in the draft, number two in the draft, and they've got a chance to draft Trevor Lawrence. You're also obviously going to be having a new coach. Like, you're bringing in a new coach. When the Cardinals were recruiting their top coaching candidate in Cliff Kingsbury, right? Like, they wanted Cliff. That's the guy they wanted. They thought he was an offensive genius. They thought he'd flourish. And you've seen a lot of that thus far. Like, you've seen a lot of that to this point with him flourishing and taking off all that stuff. One of the big things and one of the big pitches for the Cardinals to them is that they told him he could pick his quarterback. So the Cardinals already had Josh Rosen on the roster, a guy they had invested a first-round pick in, right? They already had Josh Rosen. They thought he was going to be the franchise quarterback, much like the Jets did. They did not tell Cliff Kingsbury, "You, this is our quarterback. We know you might have some concerns about him, but you have to develop him. You have to believe in Sam Darnold for you to be this team's head coach. What they said is that we want you to be our head coach. We trust you. If you think Josh Rosen is the guy... We'll roll with Josh Rosen. If we have the number one pick in the draft, if you want Kyler Murray and think he's the guy, we'll run with Kyler Murray. So it basically gave the head coach this chance to pick his head co- pick his quarterback. The Jets are going to have a a a legitimate like it's it's not a bad job when the Jets head coaching vacancy is open. Joe Douglas has a tremendous reputation. Christopher Johnson, I know he gets some bad reps, but he's he's not Woody Johnson, which I've said. The Jets are going to have cap space. They're going to have a ton, a ton. Of, of cap of, of uh, draft picks they also have such low expectation like this fan base and all this are has such low expectation because of how much everyone hates Adam Gase that the next guy who walks in this this door as the head coach is going to be viewed as a messiah like it's literally going to be how people gave viewed Mike McCagnan when he replaced John Idzik like he's gonna have an insane honeymoon just because he's not Adam Gase what you don't want to do is fall in love with a head coaching candidate Believe that this guy is the next Sean McVay. Believe that he is the next Cliff Kingsbury. Believe he's the next Pete Carroll. Believe that he's the guy that's going to be this team's head coach for 15 years. And then go to him and say, here's the thing in Eric Bieniemy, You have to keep Darnold. Have to play with Darnold. Because what if Bieniemy didn't believe in Darnold coming out of USC? What if Bieniemy has seen the film from Darnold this year and doesn't believe in Darnold? What if whatever coach the Jets find and fall in love with doesn't feel about Sam Darnold the way that Mike McCagnan, Todd Bowles, and Adam Gase did over the last three years. Like, that is very real possibility. So you could potentially t- taking that head coaching list and cutting it in half if you're saying you have to work with the quarterback we have. The better option for the Jets would be to go into this thing, hire the head coach, and say, how do you feel about Sam? What do you think we should do at number one? If the head coach comes in and says, look, I think the kid's a nice kid. I think he has the potential to, to be a starter in this league, but he's so inconsistent that you can't consistently win with him. I think we need to go with Trevor Lawrence. Then I think that's going to be a discussion they have to have. Like I, I truly do that because if you if you try to hire a new head coach and you satch like like stick him with an unproven quarterback when you have a chance to grab a potential generational passer in Trevor Lawrence, I just don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do it. 
So I said, we have a lot of good questions. Let's start with this one from Derek Crossman. He said, Darnold had a surprisingly clean pocket for most of the time last night, but he kept getting pressured or sacking himself. <laughs> Where's Dar- Darnold's internal clock? Uh, that, that This is like, this is so like, this is what drives me nuts about Sam and what makes evaluating Sam so hard. And, and what actually I did a radio hit on WFN and I kind of pointed this out and, and it's what he just listened to. I think fans miss Sam is a very athletic person. He's a very talented person. There's a reason he was the number three pick in the draft. There's a reason why some people believed he was the best quarterback coming out of a class that was considered very deep with quarterbacks with, with Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, uh, Lamar obviously went later on and, and then Sam, like there's a reason why, and Baker, um, there's a reason why people felt that way. He's going to make plays. Like he's going to do things that impress you. He's going to make the run like you saw where he jukes the defender in the hole and takes off and then scores. Or he's going to do the play where he rolls off to his right and hits Jeff Smith on with a with a rocket line drive and gets him for a first down and a 22-yard gain. He's going to do those things because he has the talent to do those things. And every single game, he's going to do that a couple of times. The issue with Sam Darnold and is the issue that plagues so many quarterbacks, and it's why right now my biggest comparison to him is Ryan Fitzpatrick, is because for every one of those plays, you have several others where you're like, what did you just do there? You know, like like go back and watch the film. Rewatch the game. There are guys and receivers that are open. There's one Braxton Berrios coming right over the middle on second down to set the jet. He's going to catch the ball and run, and Darnold overthrows him. There's the play where Cager on the skinny post, where the play where Donald got hurt. Cager is wide open, like open by NFL standards. Lawrence Cager, crappy receiver, still wide open. Darnold sees him, doesn't throw the ball, takes the sack, gets hurt. Like he, he the the play where he gets sacked. Even that that fourth and three, right, where his guy's not open. What Sam needs to realize is that is fourth down and three. The Jets are calling a three step drop. It is a bang bang play. That's what the offensive linemen are anticipating. Get the snap, pivot, throw, right? He gets the snap, he pivots, he looks, he sees the first option is covered. He goes to his second read. The second read is covered. What he has to know as soon as that second read isn't there is one run or two force the ball. Because on fourth and three, you have to get rid of the ball. You cannot take a sack. Instead, he pulls the ball down, tries to go to his third progression on a on a, on a bang, bang play. It wasn't a three-step drive. I was thinking he was in the shotgun. But it was like a get the ball, throw the ball. He tries to do that. And he goes down and takes a sack. The Jets game's eventually over. So it's it's one of those things where like you get the you get the positivity from him. You get the you get the big play. You get the the throw down the sideline. You get the the run. You get the touchdown. You get the wow. But then you get the ugh, what was that? Like, ugh, why isn't it there? And those are the inconsistencies with a quarterback that you expect in year one. Those are the inconsistencies you still expect in year two, but they're less than year one. They're not the inconsistencies they would expect in year three of a quarterback. And Sam is a guy that completed yesterday. Yesterday was the best game of his season. He didn't throw a touchdown. He didn't throw an interception, but he completed only 53% of his passes and he missed as many throws as he hit. And I know, again, you don't know if that's because of coaching. You don't know if that's why the inconsistencies are still there. You don't know if it's because... Of, of the playmakers around him. But there are plays there where Berrios is open, where Hogan is open, where Cage is open, and Sam just isn't hitting them. So I think that's what's holding him back is the inconsistency, and you don't know why. Like, I can't tell you why he does those things. I don't know why he runs out. I don't know if he's 
feeling phantom pressure from the the two years he spent the first two years of his career getting beat up because Mike McCagnan did not build an offensive line around him. I don't know if this is the tremors from that. I don't. But that's why, like, th- these reasons, it's not what Sam, it's not Sam's highlights. Like, like I think that's what people need to, to separate themselves from. It's not Sam's highlights that you need to focus on, right? It's like, it's like when you pick your handicap in golf, you take your highest score and you take your lowest score and you throw them out. You need to do that. You need to look at everything in the middle. It's not about the 46-yard touchdown. It's about missing the guy wide open in the middle for the five-yard gain. It's not about the 22-yard the pass. It's the fact that he's got a guy open 15 yards on a skinny post and he doesn't even throw the ball. It's those inconsistencies that are scaring the hell out of the Jets because they don't know why it's still happening in year three. That's the regression. So you're, Sam is athletic enough where you're always going to have a couple plays a game where you're like, wow. But he said it himself. He's not going to be a successful quarterback in NFL until the inconsistencies are gone. And you don't know if that's ever going to happen because there are quarterbacks in the league. Ryan Fitzpatrick is one of them who makes the same highlight plays that Sam Donald does. And then the same low light plays Sam Donald does. And there's a reason Fitzpatrick's a journeyman and he's not Deshaun Watson. All right. Sean Redekin has, well, he has many complaints, uh, but he shared two of them with us and wants thoughts. Why is Chris Herndon completely invisible after impressing not just coaches, but the media as well, all of camp? And last night was a perfect example of that. And then number two, why the refusal to use P. Ryan consistently? And we talked about the wheel route to Gore last night. Seems like a play that would be better suited maybe for P. Ryan. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know, man. I mean, I think that with the Herndon thing, what's weird with him, and I've talked to people over in the Jets about this, he does it in practice. Right. Like, and that's not like when I used to quote uh uh who was that Casey Rogers when, when Darrell Revis's last year with the Jets, uh he was struggling and playing like crazy, had no interceptions. And Casey Rogers goes, I don't know, man, he's getting interceptions in practice. And it was obviously because he was picking off Christian Hackenberg in practice. Like, that's not <laughs> why, like, 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 it's not like that. I mean, Herndon takes over practices like he does. He takes over practices in training camp. There were days where he was simply unguardable in games. Sundays come and the Jets don't know why he just disappears. It's not like they're not drawing up plays for him. I, I've seen the plays that the Jets have drawn up for them where they've said, the goal is to get Chris Herndon the ball. He's not creating separation. He's not really getting open. When the Jets are getting in the ball, he's not catching it. He dropped the first down last week. He dropped a touchdown against the 49ers. I mean, the, the Jets are giving him opportunities to make plays. He's just not making them. And I don't know if that's because he's still kind of rusty from missing an entire year last year. I don't know if he's just struggling within Adam Gase's offense. I don't know if he's just off like I, I I don't know but that is that is the biggest anomaly for I think the Jets this season is that I mean he was supposed to be the unicorn he was the player that Adam Gase ranted and raved about every time he opened his mouth throughout training camp and the guy has what 11 catches this season he's been invisible in every single game but the bill opener and in the bill game opener he fumbled a ball which prevented the Jets from even thinking about coming back so I don't know what's wrong with him it's weird and regarding LaMichael Pirine dude that I, I I don't know why Adam Gase continues to just and, and it's supposed to be a running back by committee. Like the Jets' game plan is Frank Warren series one, Frank Warren series two. Then you alternate with Balage doing third downs, right? Like that's what they want. You eventually, like you have to have this wherewithal that the plays you're running, you should not be running these plays based off the guys you have in there. So if you want to run a wheel route, I'm fine. I've seen the Jets get beat by wheel routes enough. It'd be nice to see them actually successfully do one. Gore is not the guy you run the wheel route with. Put the rookie in there that you talk about has breakaway speed. Like, 
the Jets, I think what the Jets need to come to the realization of now is that they are an 0-4 football team. They are a bad football team. They can't stop losing. And it does not make sense to run a 75-year-old running back 15 times a game. If you want to bring Frank Gore in for short yardage situations, that makes sense to me. If you want to bring Frank Gore in to protect on third down because he's a good pass blocker, that makes sense to me. But there is no reason why P. Ryan, who is still, who is healthy now. Like the when he first played his first game two weeks ago, the hamstring was about 85-90%. He's 100% now. He's back. There's no reason why that guy should not be the featured back of this offense until Le'Veon Bell returns. There's no reason for it. And I don't understand why Adam Gase is doing it. But from what I understand, this is the exact same thing that happened with Kenyon Drake in Miami. This is the exact same thing that happened with Jay Ajayi to points in Miami. Like, it, it, I, I don't have an explanation because I've, I've talked to Gase about it. We've talked to Gase about it in press conferences. He said that... They want to they want to get P Ryan going. They want to feature P Ryan because he's the only guy on offense that has the ability to go like fifty yards on any one play, and he, he has this game breaking ability. That's the case, man. Why why are you giving the ball to Frank Gore? Like Frank Gore is going to get you three yards, and that's it. That's all you're getting with Frank. Like that's it. And it's it. I don't know. That's long long witted way of saying the hell if I know, but it makes no sense. <laughs> All right, we got. Uh, we only have a few minutes here, so we got to fly through picks, Connor. Can you do that? You got like one minute to give your picks. Uh, yeah. Let me scroll down and get them because I kind of forget what I wrote. How about another sweep? But uh, yeah. So my three picks, uh, three picks this week. There's nothing too too crazy. I got to bring up who who these two teams are playing, but the ones I like a lot. Uh, I I love the fact that the Bears are being given points with Nick Foles against the Colts. I don't think the Colts are nearly as good as people are giving them credit for. I mean, they're they're two and one right now. They lost to the Jaguars, and the only two teams they beat are two teams that literally are combined zero and seven, and that's the Jets and it's the Vikings. So the fact that you're getting Chicago at home and two and a half points, like I just think that that's that's money. And I like Nick Foles. I think the Bears' offense is going to be significantly better with him. So give me uh, Chicago there over over Indy. I like that. I like that a lot. In fact, I would dabble with the money line too. Uh, the other two picks I like are, are Arizona minus three and a half. I just love Kyler Murray. I think that that's a team that you can continue to ride the entire time. Uh, they're playing Carolina, and and I just don't believe in the Panthers. I think that's a safe line too. Like I think that could be a six point, seven point game. I don't. The Panthers are are a scrappy team a little bit, but the Cardinals are so much better. I don't. And the one against win of the season against Jacksonville minus three. Uh, Joe Burrow looks good. Should have won last week. You can tell that's a team that's ascending, and I think Jacksonville's coming back down to earth after that opener against the uh, against the Colts. So give me. Uh, Chicago plus two and a half, Arizona minus three and a half, and then Carolina minus three. Trying to keep this ball rolling at eight and one. Didn't you say Bengals? Bengals, yeah, what did I say? Carolina. Carolina. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, against Carolina. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Bears plus two and a half, Arizona minus three and a half, and Bengals minus three. All right, I get the Bengals minus three also, and then uh, I'll take the Saints. I think they get things rolling finally at Detroit minus four. Seattle minus six and a half. I'm going to continue to ride that train at Miami. That one concerns me, but I'll go with it. Marissa? Yeah, I'm going to go with Seattle minus six and a half too. 49ers minus seven on Sunday night football versus the uh, 0-2 and 1 Eagles. And I'm going to I'm gonna go Buffalo minus three versus the Raiders. We'll All right, one comment, Marissa, right from the uh... – yeah, this is a share. good one. We got to get out of here. But um, uh, Ivorine said, I feel like Connor should be an adopted Jets fan suffering through all of this with us. So there you we'll go, Connor. Suffering through 2014. Make me the you're honorary getting your, You're yeah. getting your honorary degree as a Jets oh, yeah. fan. Today. Honorary member. 
Yeah. All right, we'll be back. Uh, obviously, no game this weekend, but we'll be back early next week. Maybe a mailbag. We'll talk about it, um, but we'll be back on Monday or Tuesday next week. If you want a subscription to The Athletic for just $1 per month, go to theathletic.com slash the can't wait podcast. Have a great day, everybody.